All right, I'll be ministering out of Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter, and one verse out of Luke, the first chapter. Deuteronomy 8, Luke 1, and a lot in between. Lord, as we open up the word, I submit myself to you, Lord, for for the preaching of your word. I commit this time into your hands, Lord, and I ask you to establish my thoughts so that people would hear what you have to say and not what I have to say. Let it go forth and fulfill your purposes, Lord, in each one of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Deuteronomy 8, verse 1. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness, to humble thee, to prove thee, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna which thou knewest not. Neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God does man live. Verse 15. Speaking of the Lord who led thee through this great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. Luke 1. I only want to read one verse. The last verse in that chapter, verse 80, it's talking about John the Baptist who was being prepared for his work. And it says, And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, and was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. He was in the desert till the day of his showing. And I call this message showtime for a showdown. And if you don't like that one, we can call it the church of the wilderness. Either one you like. A few years back, I did preach a message on showtime, and it was based on this verse here in Luke. It says he was in the desert till the time of his showing. He didn't come out until he was ready to be shown. He was in the desert. And it seems like the desert, the wilderness, is the place where people prepare those he's about to use. Sometimes it takes a long time. As we see with a lot of them, it was 40 years. And I kept wondering what kind of a definition would I use to describe the wilderness itself, and I started looking at different things, and then I looked at the word itself, and I said, well, the first four letters of that word says it pretty good. It's wild. It's a wild place, and when you enter into it, you know it's wild. There may be some in here right now going through a wild time, but you got to 
look at it as God's proven you. He's got something for you. He wants to see if you got the stuff. That's what this is all about. Do you have the stuff that's necessary for what I'm about to take you into and use you for? Do you have it? So I'm taking you through some wilderness experiences to prove you, to humble you, to show you that you don't live by natural things alone, but you have to live this life by the bread from heaven, by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And all this here is God's word. It came from him. And he expects us, no matter what we're going through, that this is first place in our lives. We live this out in these hard times. And so you look back at these wilderness experiences. You've seen how Moses, before he could be used, had to get some flesh out of him. So the Lord took him into the wilderness for 40 years. Well, he tried to deliver the people. He knew he was going to be a deliverer, but he tried to deliver them with his bare hands. God had to show him that's not what we're doing. We're not going to do it by man's power. We're going to do it by God's power. And so it took him 40 years out on the backside of the desert, feeding sheep taking care of things all alone until God could work in him what needed to be worked in him and worked out of him what needed to be worked out of him. And so a lot of what we're going through is the same thing. God's working things in and God's working things out of us. And he uses the negative circumstances that are in this world. You see, even when Moses brought the people out of Egypt, it was like the Passover. Okay, like when we got saved, Passover. They came out of there. They crossed through the Red Sea, like the baptism. And then where did they go after that? Through the wilderness. They could have made it in 11 days, but they wasn't ready to go into what God had for them. So that took them another 40 years to prepare to go into what God was wanting to give to them. 40 more years. When Jesus was baptized in the Jordan, you remember that? It says immediately after he was baptized, the Lord led him where? By the Holy Ghost, he was led into the wilderness for 40 days. And like the scripture said here, there, there were scorpions, serpents and scorpions in the wilderness. What's the serpents and the scorpions speak of? He says, behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Is that what he said? The serpents and the scorpions are the power of the enemy. And that's what we meet many times when we get through these hard times. You may be in them right now wondering, what in the world's going on? How did I get into this? Well, you better be ready for it because that's where the devil has his demons working out there. He's waiting for people to come out into the wilderness. He's waiting for you and see how he can dupe you in there so you don't come into the purposes God has for you. He wants to bring you down. But how did Jesus get through the wilderness? He faced Satan himself. And everything Satan threw at him, he came back with what? 
He came back with the word of God. And one of the statements he said was, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus is showing us what we have to do when we are tempted, when we are tried, when the evil day comes upon us, how we are to respond in these times. What is God after? I believe he's after overcomers. He's wanting to make us overcomers, mature sons of God, to overcome the world, to overcome Satan and all the powers. But where do you overcome them? In what you're going through right now. You're going through a hard time? He wants to make you an overcomer. Find out why you're there, what you're supposed to do, and then give glory to God in the midst of it. Jesus said, in the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Then in 1 John 2, 14, it says, I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. How did they overcome the wicked one? They were strong. How was they strong? The word of God was abiding in them, and they overcome the wicked one. 1 John 5, 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Even that word overcome, it means to subdue, conquer, prevail. And the last part is what I like. It means to get the victory. To get the victory. What you're in right now, God wants you to get the victory. He's maturing. He's got something down the road for each one of us. And so each one of us is tried in different ways because he wants to mature us and bring us into the purpose he has for us. You know the Lord has a book in heaven with your name on it. I don't know if you know that or not, but you'll find it in one, Psalm 139. Before you was even created and I was created, a book was made up. Before anything was created, God had the book made up. There's a book in heaven with my name on it. There's one with your name on it. And all through that book, each day of our lives, it says what he has planned for that day for each one of us. All of our days have been planned out for us by God even before we came into the world. Before he even spoke you into existence, he already had your destiny already made out. But we don't all fulfill it. But this day today, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing because it's in the book. It's in the book. I'm supposed to be here today preaching. You're supposed to be here hearing what I'm saying. It's in the book. As long as I'm in the will of God for this day, I'm doing what he wants me to do here. I think the reason people will cry that short distance, that short time in heaven after everything's done is because they'll be able to look into their book and see what they could have attained, and they didn't. And that's every one of us. I'm sure I'll be in that number too. But then the Lord will wipe away all of our tears, and we'll go on and do what, what he has ordained for us to do. But we could, we could accomplish a lot more than what we are accomplishing if we just submit to what God has for us. Seek him every day. What do you have for me today? I want to be in your perfect will. I want to fulfill what's in the book today. 
what do you have in your book today for me? That's what I want to do. That's all he's looking for. And then if a trial comes in, give God glory in the midst of it. Live the word in the midst of it. Do his will in the midst of it. And don't succumb to the wiles of the enemy trying to bring you down. The wilderness, I see it as God bringing us in to total dependency upon him. Total dependency. He doesn't want just a little bit. He wants it all. In Song of Solomon 8.5, there's a question asked. It says, who is this that cometh up from the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? Coming up out of the wilderness, leaning on her beloved. I believe that's a picture of the church. That's what we're supposed to be, leaning upon her beloved. In the wilderness, God's kicking the props up. Everything we are dependent upon other than God going through those trials, he's going to kick them out. See, she came out leaning on the beloved. She didn't have nothing but her and the beloved, and she was leaning on him. I've seen people say that God gave them a ministry and this and that. Yeah, it's ordained of God, and then they try to fulfill it in the flesh, and then Things start to fall, and they quit, and they go. They was trying to get it done in the flesh. They wasn't dependent upon God. I've seen people dependent upon man, the arm of flesh. And when that arm of flesh left, they crumbled. They crumbled. They gave up because what they was leaning on left. When they should have been leaning and trusting on the Lord. The finances start to go down, people quit. They're dependent upon how much finances are there. That's total dependency only on the finances. Come on, can God get other finances in? Can he do it miraculously? Come on. But see, a lot of people, they think they've got to do it all. And then God says, I'm going to kick that prop out until you are totally dependent upon me and me alone. And that's to humble us. He took them into the wilderness. There was nothing to eat. He said he suffered them to hunger that he could show them. He could supply all of their needs according to his riches in heaven. He poured out supernatural food from heaven to feed them. Come on, if he can give them supernatural food in the wilderness, can't he give us something supernatural in what we're going through? Come on. If we would but only trust him and believe him and speak his word in the midst of it. He's looking to mature our faith. Come on. He's looking to mature our faith. And the only way to mature our faith is to believe the word of God, act on the word of God, speak the word of God in the midst of what you're going through. And that's good preaching, man. James 1. Let's see if I can find James here. I know I have him here somewhere. James 1. All right, James, James 1, verse 2, my brethren, be sad all the time when you're going through these diverse temptations. Oh, I'm sorry, that's, that's, a, that's a different version. My brethren, count it all joy. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. 
Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Oh, that's good too, ain't it? Well, I got to count it all joy whatever I'm going through. I'm in a wild place. I got to count it all joy. Now I got to have patience in it. Huh? What? But let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. That's maturity. Have faith in God and patiently wait on him to fulfill what he wants to in that trial. The longer you murmur and complain, the longer you're staying in that trial. And if you continue to murmur and complain and don't repent, the trial will consume you. What happened to them in the wilderness? They died in the wilderness. God had a goal for them, but they never accomplished what God had for them because they wouldn't believe God. And so the wilderness consumed them. How can you count it all joy? That's a good question. You know what? Count it all joy when you fall into these. See, you've got to look at it as the trial, as an opportunity for our faith to grow and to glorify God in it. It's an opportunity for each one of us to mature more and get closer to what God has for us, that plan that's in our destiny. Oh, come on, that's good now. But we've got to go and do what God tells us to do and do it with joy, knowing he has something on the other side of this trial. Didn't he say that in verse 16 over there in Deuteronomy 8? He said he's going to bring him through, and he had something good for him on the other side. You read that in verse 16. He has something good on the other side of the trial. We sang the song tonight. All things work together for good to them that love God. All things work together for good. Even our trials, even these things. So he tells us, redeem the time because the days are evil. Redeem the time. Buy up every opportunity you can to mature in every way. Your faith mature. Your love mature. All these things. These are opportunities for us to grow up in the things of God and to come into the destiny he has for us. As you're going through the trial, remember this. There's something on the other side of this, and it's something good that God has for us. I mean that now, because God said it. All right, redeem the time. Buy up every opportunity. All right, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. Is that the scripture? He says, lean not on thine own understanding, but lean on the word, lean on the Lord, trust him in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll get you through it. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. You see, even, even Israel, the Lord brought them out of Egypt and into the wilderness. But they get in the wilderness, and they go over on the other side, and they see giants. And the first thing they're saying, how am I going to kill these giants? How am I going to do it? In my own strength, they're giants. I'm a grasshopper. Um, but all they had to do was just turn around a little bit and look back. How did they defeat 
whole Egyptian army. They didn't even throw a rock. It was supernatural. A whole Egyptian army consumed by God in water. And they just walked through on dry land on the other side. And now they face the giants, and now they think they're going to kill the giants with their own strength. They didn't have enough faith and trust in God that he can kill all those giants. They wouldn't even have to do a thing. He could have done it supernaturally, lightning, anything he wanted to do, hailstorm, whatever he chose, hornets. I mean, he has a whole armory up there. He can, he can shoot anything out he wants. But yet he's thinking, I, I'm this grasshopper, and I have to, I have to kill all. I can't do that. You're right. You can't. You can't. And there's a lot of things we can't consume in our trial. We can't get victory over in ourselves. But as we trust God to get the victory and, and deliver his word in the midst of that, and we live by that word, you'll see victory from God. You'll see supernatural things start to happen in your life and in your circumstances. But we've got to trust God all the way through this thing. It's in, in 1 Peter 4.12, he says, uh, why do you think it's such a strange thing, these fiery trials? We act like it's something strange when we enter into some of these things. But God says, don't think it's strange. You're in the world. You're in the world. It's full of evil. The devil's running the show around here. Come on. You think he's just going to let you get a free ride? You think he don't know God wants to use you? So he's going to try to cripple you any way he can in that trial. But you've got to pick yourself up and say, this day, this day, I'm going to live by the word of God. I'm going to trust God. He's going to get me through it. You say, I don't have money for this, and I don't have money for that. This, this plague has done this. This plague has done that. No, that's not what we confess. See, those are facts. But it's not the truth. And that's what happens here. It comes to the time where faith versus truth. Facts are symptoms. And they'll speak loud. But faith has a voice also. And it speaks truth. I don't have enough money for this. Do we keep going around saying, I don't have this, I don't have that? Or do we go around saying the truth? You can either say the facts or you can say the truth. The truth is, my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. That's the truth. But most people don't speak the truth. They speak the facts. We speak the symptoms. I can go around all day and say, oh, my back hurts. But this hurts. That hurts. Oh, I don't want to tell you everything that hurts. But I tell my body. Jesus bore your pains. I talk to my body. You might think I'm crazy. If David can talk to his soul, I can talk to my body. I rule from my spirit. My body and my soul must come into submission to the word of God out of my spirit. So I tell him, I said, Jesus bore your pains. This pain's got to go. And by his stripes, you are healed. Now, it may be a week. It may be a month. Sometimes a lot longer. But it's through faith and patience that you inherit the promises. That's scripture. 
lot of people, they don't see anything 10 minutes after they get prayed for, and they start going speaking the facts again instead of getting their body underneath the Word of God. I keep speaking it. I go in and I see something. I, it don't belong on my body. I speak to it. <laughs> you don't belong here. You work for me. This is just something I live in. Come on. We just live in this. But we're supposed to rule this. We're supposed to rule our soul from our spirit man. Well, I should be getting more amens than this. Oh, boy. If we get a hold of this, we will mature rapidly. In the wilderness, we got to get this in our, in our mind, that God is in it with us. He took them into the wilderness. The three Hebrew children, was they in a fiery trial? Real fiery, wasn't it? Did they find out that Jesus was in there with them? If he was waiting for them in that fiery trial, don't you think he's going to be in there looking after you in the midst of your fiery trial? He's in it with us. Just because we can't see him, can't hear him with our natural ears, see him with our natural eyes, yet he's right here in it with us. He's right here with me. He lives in me. He lives in you if you're saved. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm preaching real hard now. We got to rejoice during these times and not murmur and complain. Don't speak the facts. It's time to rejoice. It's time to speak the word of God. Deal with your circumstances. Deal with the word of God. We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. This has got to dwell in us richly in all wisdom. So that when something happens, we know what to pull up out of our spirit to speak into that situation. He's either going to supply your needs or he isn't. You either believe the truth or you speak the facts, whatever you want. You can be like Joe Friday, only the facts, ma'am, only the facts. You can say, if that's what you want, the facts. And you keep, you keep speaking the facts, you'll never come into the truth. Okay. Then we say in Psalm 81.10, this is the year of the mouth. It's time to get a big mouth. The right way. The right way. Put the word of God in your mouth. All right? Did David know how important the word of God was? He knew how important it was. And he said in Psalm, I think it was him, Psalm 141.3, he made a prayer. And he said, set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. He must have known something about our words. Even as pastor preached on Sunday about watching our words, how we speak. Are they important? They are so important that you can either speak life or you can speak death. There's a power in our words. Whatever we speak, it can either produce death or it can produce life. So how important are our words? That's why he said, keep that watch on my mouth. Because you know how slippery that thing is in there. We've used it so many years speaking the wrong things, and now we got to put the brakes on. We need God's help to settle that thing down. Our maid gets a little uh, crusty with us. We want to... Huh? You want to start throwing these out there. 
And what did you what did you gain by doing all that? Did you produce life or did you produce a lump on your head? Huh? What are you producing? You gotta watch your words, nah. Either life or death or lumps or bumps, whatever it is. In James, let me go over to James again. James three. Verse five and verses five and six. It says, even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire of hell. Now up there where it says, on fire, the course of nature. What that is saying there, what that actually means is the will of birth or the birth cycle. Our words start to birth things as we speak them. This is how powerful our words are. It starts a birthing process, either for good or for evil. That's why we have to watch every word that comes out of our mouth. Because as soon as you speak it, it's like the seed being received into the womb starts. The birthing process starts. And it starts with words. Words become a seed. And they start to grow the more you keep speaking this stuff. And sooner or later, it will bear fruit if you keep speaking it. It's the will of birth. It's the birthing cycle. That's exactly what that means. The scripture says, let the weak say, let the weak say, but I'm weak. If I'm weak, how can I say I'm strong? Weak is fact. Strong is truth. Because when I'm weak, then the Lord makes me strong. I depend on him. His strength will come what I need. Then I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me to get done what I need to get done. He will help me. He will strengthen me. See, this is where you got to get the words going in the right direction. We don't speak the facts. Let the poor say, It's up to us now. What do we want to speak? What do you want to birth? What cycle, what birthing cycle do you want to start? What do you want to get going? Do you want to stay weak or do you want to get strong? Do we want to stay poor or do we want to have more than enough? It's up to us. We got to get our tongue under control. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. Then it says you say what you believe. You got to say what you believe. What you believe is the truth. You speak the truth. You say the truth and you shall have them as long as you believe what you're saying. A lot of people say, do you, I say, do you believe we're gonna, you're going to receive when we pray for you? Not when you feel it. Or are you going to receive it when we pray? See, you receive it in your spirit by faith. 
then you'll see it as you, with patience, hold on to that word and confess that word. No matter how long it takes, you don't release your faith. For the facts. You've got to hold on to the truth and not speak the facts. And keep believing God. You spoke it. I believe it. It's going to happen. I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know how long, but it's going to happen. All right? No matter what you have to face, keep facing the same thing day after day after day. But we continue to face it with faith. The ten spies came back. They did not speak the truth. The Lord told them, I have given you the land. That was the truth. What did they come back speaking? Facts, giants, grasshoppers. No wonder the Lord got mad and said, get back in the wilderness. Don't do that. Get back in the wilderness. (laughs) We laugh at that and me. The Lord said, and he's very serious about this, that each one of us has got to give an account for every idle word we speak. Now, how important are our words? An idle word is a non-working word, a non-productive word. An idle word is speaking against what the truth is. When you know the truth and speak, you're a grasshopper. You're speaking idle words. You're speaking unbelief. You're speaking against God's word. He spoke a word to you, now you're speaking against it. You're actually opposing yourself. Now take that one and digest that a little bit. You can oppose yourself by your words. By knowing the truth and speaking against what the truth says, you are actually opposing yourself. That's in the scripture, 2 Timothy 2.25. You can oppose yourself by murmuring and complaining, speaking unbelief, doubt, fear. You're actually opposing what God has for you by going in that direction. We can either speak fact or truth. Remember that. If you don't learn anything else, mark that down. Even Peter, when he walked on the water, when he says, can I come out there? The Lord says, come. He had the word, he had the truth to come out on that water. He got out of the boat, stepped on the water, and started to walk. Now he's walking by faith on truth. But then the winds became boisterous. Now he's got to decide. Am I going to focus on what I see and what I hear? Or am I going to stay on the word come and continue walking. But he looked, it was boisterous. He turned and looked at that and he sank. It's up to us now. The facts can speak real loud what we're going through. But we already have the word of God. We can stay with it, confess it, believe it, and look for it to come to pass. Look for it with an expectation. And continue to bring your body and your soul where your fears are, your will is. Bring it into submission to the word of God. Keep speaking to it. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. I'm sorry, I didn't wake you up. 
but of power, love, and a sound mind. What, what do you have now? You have fear, do you have power, and love, and a sound mind? What do you have? What did God say you had? Power, love, and a sound mind? Is that what he said you had? Then why are we speaking fear? Boy, you should be throwing money at me now. But hold back the roll of pennies. <laughs> they hurt. They really hurt. I think. All right. We got to get to the place where God's word is settled in heaven. That's Psalm 119, 89. His word is settled in heaven. Now it's got to be settled in our heart. I haven't even got over to where I want. Looks like I'm going to have to jump all the way over. Over to the showdown. All of this preparation has been for the showdown. What's the showdown? We could be the very last generation. And we know that in the end times, it's going to be like the days of Noah. And I said this before, there will be a flood, just like there was in Noah's days, but it's not going to be a flood of water. It's going to be a flood of darkness. Isaiah 59, 19, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. About three or four verses down below that, Isaiah 60, verses 1 and 2, where he talks about arise, shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And it says that the darkness is going to cover the earth. Gross darkness, the people. So darkness is going to cover the earth like a flood and the people. You have to be blind not to see how dark it's become in just the last, I would say even in the last year and a half, how the darkness is starting to just pour out all over the earth. But the Lord says he's going to raise up a standard against it. Where there's darkness, God puts light. I know a lot of Christians are saying, I got to get out of here. It's too dark. All this evil. No, 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 no. All this preparation we're going through is for this period, for this purpose. There's a showdown coming between light and darkness on the earth. Light and darkness are going to collide just like Elijah up on Mount Carmel. 450 prophets, one, I mean, yeah, Jesse's prophets. One man of God, and he takes away 450. What can God do with one man? David was out in the wilderness with his sheep, and his dad sends him to, to feed the brothers. And they mocked him, and he says, how come you're not in the wilderness with the sheep? Well, the Lord brought him out of the wilderness to kill a giant. And he didn't have a machine gun, a slingshot, and a stone. What a showdown that was, huh? But did he get the victory? He knew his God. He knew the word. He knew he was in covenant with God, and God was going to get the victory through a slingshot and a stone. And he'll use anything, but he will get the victory. We're headed for the greatest showdown that ever was. All of this is to bring us into promotion. He wants to promote us. He wants to do us good on the other side of this. Job, what did he go through? Did he have a wilderness? Was there good on the other end of it? He got twice as much. Joseph, 
He had a dream. God told him all this big stuff. He's going to rule and reign. And, and the next thing he knows, his brothers want to kill him, sell him out. And then the, he, he gets lied upon by some woman, gets thrown in prison. Yeah, well, okay, hey, I'm ruling and reigning, all right. Huh? But it's the path God had for him. Just stay in faith. And that word came in Psalm 105. His word came. His word came and released him out of prison. And he entered into what God spoke to him all those years back there. God wants to promote us. Everything you're going through is to promote you. He has something on the other side, especially for this generation. We are going to face the biggest giants the devil can throw at us in this hour, the big ones. But God says he gives us power over all the power of the enemy, all of it, all of it. I don't care what it is, all of it. And they will in no wise harm you. You just stay under the blood covenant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he cannot penetrate the blood. You fight with the word of God. You can't lose. You can't lose. You're a winner. You're an overcomer if you stay in the battle doing it God's way. Where does God choose his overcomers? Where does he choose those he wants to use? Isaiah 48, 10, they are chosen in the furnace of affliction. That's where he makes his choices. In the furnace of affliction. He sees those that are going through it the way he says. He's proven us. He's humbling us. He's going to see if we will live by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. Are we going to live by faith? Are we going to walk in love? Oh, yeah. We got to make that decision now. Oh, there's so much, my Lord Jesus. Count it all joy. You're qualifying for a position. You can believe this or not. But what we're going through right now, we're qualifying for what our position will be in the millennium. Not just what we're going to do here and now, but in the millennium. Not everybody's going to rule and reign with the Lord. Only those that qualify will rule and reign with the Lord. It's the overcomers. You read it in Revelation. It's those that overcome. And a couple of those churches, those that overcome will sit with him on his throne. That will rule and reign with him over the nations. And even in one of the parables, it says, if you're faithful in this, you'll, you'll rule over ten nations. If you're faithful, you'll rule over five. If you're, what he's saying is if you're doing what I've told you to do, if you're maturing in your faith, walking in love, displaying who I am to the world, my nature, you'll rule with me. So we're qualifying. That's why he says, redeem the time. Redeem the time. Buy up every opportunity to mature, to walk in love, to walk in faith. Real fast dream. I'll make it fast. Just the other day, I dreamt. I dreamt the newborn baby, this newborn baby, just, I mean, just birth, boom, newborn baby. The baby got up out of the hands and started to walk. What's going to happen? The people coming in during this harvest season are going to mature rapidly. They're going to pass up a lot of people that have been in the Lord for years. We've heard the word acceleration, escalation, rapidation. That's all about to happen. And you watch how fast these newborns start to grow and start to walk in faith 
and start to exercise authority. They're going to start believing what a lot of people have been hearing for years. They're going to believe it when they first hear it and start acting on it. And God's going to use them to bring in the kingdoms of this earth to become the kingdom of our God. So you young people, be ready. Believe every word you hear. Believe this old preacher up here, what I'm saying to you. I'm serious now. You believe me. God will use you. You believe him. Live by his word. Don't get involved with all of that stuff out there. Don't get involved. Separate yourself unto God. Ask God to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Oh, gee. You ask God to pour out his Holy Spirit upon you, and he will do it. Ask him for his giftings, and he will do it. Be strong in the Lord. Believe God. He's going to use you now. Believe this old preacher. He's going to use you. Get before God. Say, baptize me in the Holy Ghost. Give me the gift of the Spirit. If these old people over here don't want it, give it to me. I'll do it. Just go ahead. I'm serious. Just go ahead. Do it. And with that, I better get out of here. They'll start throwing money at me, and I don't want the money. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's stand up. Facts or faith? What's your choice tonight? Facts or faith, what's it, what's it going to be? Amen. Do you know why we gravitate on the facts? It's because we try to do things in our own strength. As Pastor Frank was preaching that, the Lord was just stirring that in me. We're trying to make it happen ourselves. And he's exactly right. If you walk into the land and you see giants, you're going to look like a grasshopper. Because the battle is the Lord's. So you got to stop thinking, I need to get myself to this place, and I need to get my gifts working, and I need to find. No, God does all of that. The battle is the Lord's, amen. Father, deliver us tonight from doing things in our own strength. Help us to be weak. The wilderness humbles us. Father, humble us, test us, prove us. Show us where we need to grow so that we'll be usable in this time. There's a lot of darkness. Gross darkness is coming. But, Lord, the light that we have in us of Jesus Christ penetrates the darkness. Greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. Deliver us from doing things on our own strength. Help us to see the facts, but then speak faith to the facts. Not to speak the words of the enemy and destroy ourselves and destroy our destinies and destroy our own potential because we chose to believe the sensual things rather than the spiritual things. Father, do a work. Come on, lift your hands tonight. Lift your hands tonight. Just drink it in. Just drink it in. He wants to do a work in our hearts. He wants to deliver us from self Self-everything. This world is all about self. My own strength, my own will, my own purpose. God, deliver us from self. Help us to be kingdom people. Oh, God, raise warriors up out of this congregation. Raise prophets out of this congregation. Raise up this generation of young people. God, let it begin a full gospel center. Let it begin in our, in our hearts, Lord God, that we would do great exploits for our God. Help us to dismiss the idea of ordinary and natural and look for the supernatural. 
change our focus. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Give him a hand clap of praise tonight.